Steel. Just leave him out of this. <laughs> oh, Balto. I've got a message for your mother. <laughs> hey, Balto, translate this for me, will you? Yeah. Oh, Wolfer, go chase your tail! Balto, stop! Get out of here, Wolf Dog. You better get back to your pack. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinter Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for. We then revisit and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we have just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. I am your host, Michael Gerbez, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Connor Akeen. How you doing, Connor? I'm feeling a little inadequate. I'm, I'm not an animated, funny European man, you know? <laughs> I, I, I miss that trope. Is that still a thing in kids' movies where the main character is, is like, sounds hunky and their sidekick Sounds funny and foreign. I don't think so. Now you just get freaking uh, Josh Gad sounding obnoxious as the sidekick. <laughs> Which one's Josh Gad? Uh, the Olaf, the snowman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't want that. I want, I want, I want Bob Bob Hoskins doing Russian, doing Russian Bob Hoskins, doing Russian a, Bob Hoskins doing fucking geese puns. Yeah. Dropping fat Dostoevsky references <laughs> for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Yeah. the 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 film we are hitting up this week is the 1995 animated adventure film slash a little bit of live action Balto. Yeah, that that little live action thing threw me uh, initially. Mm. I thought I was watching the wrong movie. <laughs> um, which I think th- that that thing that as a kid always like I always felt like you know oh bullshit they they're tricking me into watching live action <laughs> you know tricking tricking me into watching real people yeah when are they gonna get to the cartoon dog factory, factory. yeah exactly singing the same thing great minds think alike yeah but it's okay they only waste three minutes of my precious you know six year old time mm, before getting right. into it uh, the film is. Directed by Simon Wells, written by Cliff Ruby, Eleanor Lasser, David Stephen Cohen, and screenplay from Roger Shulman. The film stars Kevin Bacon, Bob Hoskins, Bridget Fonda, Jim Cummings. Pretty stacked. Yeah. For the yeah, Little Amblin Entertainment uh, picture. The film is loosely based on the true story uh, about a dog of the same name who helped save children infected with diphtheria in the 1925 serum run on Nome, Alaska. Wow. That's right. It's based on a true story. Yeah, I had uh, I had no idea going into this movie that this was based on any kind of historical event. Yeah, I thought I'd just let, let that, you know, you just figure that out yourself. Yeah. Didn't, didn't give you too many... Um, didn't give you any too too many viewing requirements like Avatar or something. It's uh- <laughs> yeah, you weren't like, hey, I'm gonna need you to read some uh, Alaskan history before going into this one. So this was one that uh, I had. I can't remember when I would have first watched it because it was one that we had in the video collection along with all the other Disney animated movies. So I saw this when I was quite young, and I watched it a million times because it was just in the rotation of of things that we would watch on videotape. Mm-hmm. And for a, quite a while, I think, I didn't really know that it was, like, I couldn't tell the difference between this or, like, a Disney animated film. Ah, uh, okay. And I think it took a couple of years until uh, the reason that it, that I was reminded by it last week when I said that Darkman was a universal picture. That's right. That little uh, piece of music from the Universal yeah, logo coming yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Beautifully sung by Peter Griffin. <laughs> that 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 piece of music I have probably uh, most associated with this film because it was probably like the earliest film I watched from that studio. Mm. And that was that was the thing that I clued into a couple of years later I started to learn like oh Disney like animated movies aren't just Disney movies. There's other <laughs> other people having a crack at it. Yeah, right. But Bless I think them. that this movie does a pretty good job of having a crack compared to some of those other Amblin Entertainment pictures. Yeah, this I think it's was the closest the... in parody that they come yeah, to. Yeah, I, I would say so, and I think it's probably the the most uh, 
the most competent of the because this this is the third and, and final film put out under Amblimation. Uh, yeah. We've done the second one, the We're Back a Dinosaur story. Oof. Um, and the other one was An American Tale 2, Five Goes West. Mm. You got a sequel to a Don Bluth film, Don yeah. Bluth-Spielberg collaboration, uh, which I haven't seen. I don't know how well it did. I We had it, but it was a, like it was recorded off the TV. It wasn't the actual tape. So we were like missing a bit of the beginning and there was wonderfully nostalgic ad breaks during it. And I I do like it, but that movie's fucking weird for a kid's movie. There's some creepy, weird shit in it that's just ah, kind of okay. off-putting. Yeah, right. Well, hey, creepy, weird shit and uh, off-putting, I, I feel like, was uh, a, a theme in We're Back a Dinosaur Story as yeah, well. Yeah, it had a bit of that, that too. So this this feels like the most devoid of creepy, weird shit. And, uh, yeah, this was this is pretty pretty competent, dude. Mm. Um, and fuck, that's, that sounds like such... Backhanded praise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're good at that. Yeah. Or rather, I won't throw you under the bus with me. I'm good at that. Uh, I had no experience with this movie other than seeing the trailer for it at the start of other like Universal right, VHS yes. tapes. In fact, who knows? The the, the trailer for it might have been at the start of the, the We're Back videotape at some point. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been. Or, or something like that. And I, I all I remember, I have the most distinct oral memory of um the like trailer voiceover dude with like the voice like butter just being like balto and just being like uh, <laughs> makes me uncomfortable <laughs> uh, and i never got i never watched this film i never had any interest in it because i didn't like animated dog movies as a kid i don't know see, why that's the thing. i don't like animated dog films either particularly yeah I, I haven't seen this i haven't seen uh all dogs go to heaven i just never had any interest no i i wasn't uh i think there's a period of Disney movie that we kind of missed because us growing up in the 90s, that was kind of like the Renaissance, like a, a, a big wave of popular Disney coming through where they were kind mm. of struggling for a while. They had their classic fairy tale princess animated things, the likes of Snow White and Cinderella and um, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, yep. And then there was a little bit of a mixture of stuff, and there was, you know, there was like Lady and the Tramp and Fox and the Hound, and and those sorts mm. of things. I never, I never watched those. Yeah, I to this day still have not seen Lady and the Tramp. I think people have a fondness for those movies, but they were not as successful. They're not major mm. hits. They were just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh yeah, these are all right. And then there were some other animated films from Disney where they were like, oh shit, we nearly fucking went bust in the seventies and eighties because, <laughs> like, some of these were flops. Uh, and then returning to form with you got like Beauty and the Beast is a classic example of going like, oh, this is that like that princess kind of stuff based on Grimm's mm. fairy tales that worked really well. And then you fucking have Aladdin and Lion King, which mm. as I was watching this, I had never picked up on it before, but I got some Aladdin and some Lion King vibes. I definitely got some Aladdin vibes, particularly with like the kind of chase yeah, sequences and stuff. Very much at the beginning, him kind of like looking... Uh, like looking at the world from as oh, the outsider, yeah, being a little bit of a street rat. Yeah, a bit of riffraff street rat shit. Yeah, yeah. talking to um, talking to his goose instead of talking to his pet monkey. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, even the, there's even oh. like the the kind of like uh, nearly getting the head chopped off as the goose is a little bit like uh, Aladdin. You know, mm-hmm. got to escape from the guards and yeah. And then much later, I'll just touch on it quickly but we'll, we won't get too far ahead. But uh, when Steel and Bolto are kind of having a fight uh, and uh, Steel falls off the edge, it's a very similar kind of feel to like Scar and oh, d- dude, Simba I, fighting. As soon as this thing started, my first notes were uh, live action bullshit. <laughs> it was one note. And the second <laughs> note was uh, Steel mean baddie Scar because he looks like Scar. Like he is Scar yeah. shaped. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They He's- like absolutely modeled the mm. the this dog to look like scar i i don't think out of like a a derivative or like i know a lack of, of inspiration i think they just no, went not really. kids are gonna fucking recognize that this is that this guy's a bad guy if we make him angular and stuff yeah yeah uh and like darker yeah give him those the, the, the scary eyes yeah that's right and fucking Jim Cummings, he does such a good, like, it's a really cool voice. I'll get us back. I'm the lead dog. I'm in charge. Then let me take back the medicine. They're getting sicker. <laughs> Whoa. 
Touch that box, and I'll tear you apart. It's yeah, really awesome. It yeah, he's, he's so used to hearing him being like the lovely, nice guy, or he's Winnie the Pooh very famously. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's despicable. Yeah, very he's despicable. Disposable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mostly uh, very good performances, I think, from the voice acting. I was trying to think what I enjoyed about this movie as a kid. Mm. And I think I think when I was a kid, I think the comedic qualities I enjoyed a bit more than yep. the dramatic qualities. And now that's almost flipped where I really love the dramatic qualities of this film. Um, and then some of the comedy is quite grating. Yeah, I, I would say most of it is is reliant on like just slapstick, the bird getting hurt. Yeah. Like it's it's really uh lowbrow, broad, appropriately so, because it's it's aimed at a very young audience. But yeah, I, I, I get you. Kind of. I I think that it feels a bit like uh, you know, uh not disrespecting what's the thing of the audience? It's um it's underestimating uh, the audience, like, you know, it's not treating them, <laughs> like, correctly. With much intelligence. Or yeah. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel you there. I think, I think, I think the, that the... I, I think that there's some... Some of the humour feels fitting and and is funny and I, and I get a chuckle from it and I find it charming. And then some of it, I think, specifically stinks of them going oh, this isn't funny enough, like, this is for kids, let's chuck this in. Or, like, oh, parents are going to come watching this with their kids, give them some fucking innuendo, dirty humour, and I think yeah, that it right, okay. insults the intelligence of the adult audience watching it, and I think it insults the intelligence of the children audience watching it a bit. Yeah, okay, so what? give me an example of a joke that you think works in this and an example of a joke that you don't think works. I like most of the stuff with Boris. I think the geese yeah. and the polar bears are, are, are funny and enjoyable. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. And they don't grate me too much. I think that it also helps that they feel like like actual characters that, you know, sort of they they mimic Balto's outcast, not quite fitting in. They're, they're outsiders in their yeah. own right. Like he's not, yeah. a, he's he's a dog that's all, that's part wolf. So he's kind of, you know, he doesn't fit in. The, the goose doesn't fit in with the other geese. So they yeah. fuck off and leave him alone, <laughs> and, the, and the two polar bears can't swim. Like yeah, they're all yeah. kind of so they're all these kind of quirky outsiders. So I I like I get attached to them, and that helps I think with the yeah humor. sure they're in, they're endearing yeah. to, to some yeah. extent. I think that the other dog supporting characters, the the the, the dumb yeah that that crony repeating the repeating gag of like the dude saying oh he's this he's this he's this, and then the dumb one saying a dumbed down version of what the smart guy's saying, and the smart the, guy hitting, hitting him on the him. head. Oh, that was that was. I mean, it wasn't funny. Well, it's not hilarious to begin with, but you you give it a pass as like a one, maybe one two, time maybe three thing. time thing. But when they get to like the fifth that delivery of that time, joke, I was like, oh, and then like, stop. Then they get like they do one at the very end, but it's like, oh, but he agrees with yeah, him, and yeah, it's like yeah, this yeah. doesn't feel earned or like it built up to something. This is just annoying. And I think that the the female dog characters. With their their gossipy accents and oh, I, uh, I, I found that kind of funny. I liked the like weird New Yorker accents on the dogs. I, I think it's just kind of like lazy and not really fitting. And then like the way sure. that the little poodle one just fucking basically like has an orgasm every time she sees oh, steel. Dude, that's my I'm other like, note. That's a bit much. Like that's that's my other note. My other note was these are very expressive dogs and also very horny dogs. <laughs> <laughs> overly horny overly horny dogs. overly horny so yeah those those people annoy me and then uh, such a dramatic shift as well not just those characters but the like the music and the sound effects like you say it's slapstick you hear oh, like, like, the, <laughs> like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. when he falls on the ground and it's this like garbage like goofy music that sounds like it's yeah. fucking from a circus tent but then when it gets into like the really dramatic uh, like bold music, the the action sounding music, that stuff's like awesome, and I'm like, this is amazing. But then like the tonal whiplash of the dumb joke music next to it, yeah, I'm just like, sure. oh god, you're this is just kind of taken away from from this movie. Yeah, I, I get you. I think once the movie like moves away from the town, yeah. uh, like the half an hour or so, thirty five minute mark, and we're out of the town and we're away from those characters. Yes, that like that whole 
chunk, like basically up until he meets up with the the other dogs again, is really fucking solid. Yeah, yeah. I think because, yeah, the whole group of outsiders, they all grow together and there's like a really good dynamic between them. Yeah, them fighting the bear is cool. Yeah. Um, the bear looks great. I was going to say, uh, I just thought of one that's a very subtle little joke, but I think yeah. it works and isn't really on the nose and grating and annoying is the dog that that lives at the the bloke with the the wire who, <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah yeah the, it's the, just like he um, the dog hears fucking the morse, morse code, code all day dog. so he's, <laughs> he's just morse code going pug? yeah that's he's funny. Just going going off his ears and are like involuntarily the, beeping around yeah yeah, yeah. and, and the owner like the owner chuckles in morse code and then the dog later on is barking in morse code that's funny yeah that's really good that stuff's cool I think yeah. that the the repeating gag stuff of those it, it feels feel. a little it feels a little like the and the goofy sound effects like that both of those things remind me a lot of the stuff we complained about in the Mighty Ducks where again it's like yeah, sure come on man yeah, <laughs> yeah. my kid's not stupid <laughs> yeah I think they are very expressive something that I didn't really notice or think of much. Uh, besides in, in this viewing when I'm trying to actually like break down what I like about it is that mm. the dogs have very, they've got the big eyes, the expressive, they, they look kind of Disney-esque in the way that they're drawn. I mm. like how a lot of the humans are very kind of caricatured and they don't have like very expressive facial features. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Rosie as a little kid does because like we're supposed to, you know, feel bad for her and be invested in her when she gets sick. Yeah, and like her yeah. parents- have expressive faces, but then like all the other dudes, you know, they've almost got these like just like slant f- for eyes, like yeah, they're all like yeah. closed. They're these furrow brows, uh, like yeah, the mouths are, are, are very kind of like blank. But I think that's kind of like a cool aesthetic to it. Yeah, and I, I think it makes sense. Like our as kids, our or like the the intended audience for this is is kids. Our attention is is on the dogs, and as kids, we relate to you know Rosie as as a kid, and we you know we're like, oh no, the kid's gonna die. I'm a kid, I could die. What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, you know, I hope dogs save me. <laughs> and like, so so it makes sense that those characters are the most yeah exactly um, animated and and it's, it's know, almost got like a peanuts quality of like I was all, about all to say adults. it's the peanuts thing. Yeah, it's exactly it's the like, peanuts it's thing. It's framed for kids, wah, 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 and wah, so wah. you don't yeah. you can only see from the waist down of the adults. Yeah, we don't need to see the fucking adults' faces. Mm. We don't care. It's also just a an effective um, budgetary wise put more effort into animating the dogs fluidly and the humans yeah. they can kind of just be like amorphous blobs in the background because who cares? Yeah, it's totally. nice. Yeah, uh, I and did the animation ac- across the board in this thing is really, really beautiful. Yeah, really impressive. And, and you can you can spot moments of like. You can spot little moments of like resourcefulness or, or ingenuity with like a gag or something where Boris gets like hit with a snowball or whatever, flies out of frame and it whip pans over to and you hear like a splat sound, it whip pans really quick. It's it's such a fast, like, you know, two seconds, but it whip pans over to the yeah, outline like the of huge him in the snow. Outline of him in the yeah, snow yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's and it's so quick that you kind of it tricks your brain into thinking, no, I just saw him splat into the snow. Into the snow. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's that's like some classic Warner Brothers style effective. Yeah, I, I did animation. appreciate that. I really appreciated all of the uh, like all of the detail of the animation in in Boris and like him like you know drumming his his fingers on the snow yes. and like rubbing his forehead and like all those like oh that kind of shit mm. is, is or like really him, cool. Like screwing back in the feather that <laughs> Mark and Locke yeah, some fun stuff out. like that. Where yeah. it's like, oh, that's some, yeah, very nice detail there. There's also mm. some very nice integrated uh, CG elements. Yeah, Better than yeah. I've seen only, in a lot of things. Only a few, but r- really good. And they didn't stand out. They didn't stick no, out No, they like really balls. blend in well, uh, so to speak. Better is more so than like even say like when the Iron Giant is CG in, in that film. I think this kind of like flies under the radar a little bit yeah, more than that. Yeah, I think in the Iron Giant, it's, it's drawing attention to it. It's kind of a... Not a selling point, but it's like a feature. It's yeah, like, look yeah. at this. It's, like, it's oh, we're combining look CG at him. and he's, yeah, yeah. He's he's this otherworldly thing. thing. Like it, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Whereas in here, it's just like a, a few moments. In fact, the only thing I can really think of uh, early on is the when he's running, he's doing the race to prove that he can lead the team or you know be part of the team that goes and gets the medicine. Uh, and he jumps on like a barrel and it crashes through the ice. Yes, and it kind of like bobs up and down, and, and that looks CG. But in a, in a good way, yeah. Um, yeah. Like it doesn't. It's not you know terrible. Yeah, it's in and, that way um, where it doesn't look. It stands out because you're like, that's too hard to animate by hand. It looks too too good. 
Yeah, yeah. It looks a little too smooth. That it's like that. I can tell from that. That's it. That must have been how they did it. Yeah, but I yeah. can't. It, like it doesn't actually look. It doesn't scream CG from how it no. looks. And then later on, with like the the crystals falling from the caves and stuff, there's some some CG looking stuff in there that kind of reminded me of the um the Aladdin going through with the like the lava and stuff when he's escaping the yes, uh, cave of wonders. It does, it does feel a, little a bit, bit like that. that. In a great way, like that's that's a fucking wonderful sequence. And it is, yeah. In this, it was it was equally um, uh, thrilling. And like I, I was watching it, I was like, "This is really good. This is effective. This is exciting." And as a kid, I would have been like, "Oh my god!" You know? Yeah, I think they do a good job of cementing Balto very early on as the outsider. That people, you know, they discriminate against him because he's half wolf. Like we get like very cartoonish villain steel in the way of him, you know, fucking him about you know, and framing him for stuff or like, you know, yeah, he wins that yeah. race to be on part of the sled team to get the medicine. But then when they go to like pat him, steel steps on his foot so that he'll snarl. And then the humans are like, oh, well, we, we can't yeah, trust he him. Keeps He's doing a bit little too- things to like fuck with him or yeah. to, to put him in bad standing with others. But it's got a really, I don't know, there's just something really nice about it, that that like that tortured quality that he has that makes you feel really empathetic towards him. Mm. And it, it reminded me little little lessons of um, charm that we were talking about in The Princess Bride. It's got that little bit of like, uh, you know, the quirky riddle of, of charming where at that surface level they don't seem that nice. That, that's a pile of broken bottles. And then he's of like, course, no. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. the Aurora Borealis. And it's like, hey, yeah, let's see yeah. the beauty in these things that everyone sees as like, oh, he's half wolf. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a detriment. Yeah, it's like, he's well, able no. to, to yeah. see that or see those qualities because everyone thinks the worst of him or, you know, sees mm. sees him for for what he is on, on surface level and not what he could be. Yeah. And yeah, in the same way that really Boris nice. seems like a very, uh, just a very kind of grumpy, you know. Yeah, like he's a curmudgeonly Muck and luck fuck. get on his nerves, but it's like, no, he does really love them underneath. Yeah, uh, and like once we get to know Boris a bit better, it's like, oh, that's the charming quality of him. But he does seem like a bit of a douchebag at the beginning. Or there's a lot of stuff where he's kind of naysaying Bolto. But yeah, yeah. It's not actually out of him believing in him. Like he does really like help and support him, like a good friend does. Even mm. if he's kind of like acts the 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 kind of like curmudgeonly dude along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, um, uh, Steel is like this. He, he he looks surface level. He looks perfect. Yeah, you know, and and acts the the part. But he's an he's an ugly soul. Mm. And it's that uh, similar thing to Princess Bride has, where it's uh, like, oh, all of these characters are kind of uh, very uh, solo individuals, um, mm. and they're unhappy. But then when they come together and work as a team, they find that they are like more happy together and helping each other than doing their own little things. And yeah. so, like, Steel has a very similar thing with Humperdinck where it's, like, he's this very manipulative, arrogant, you know, selfish dude. Mm. And eventually that catches up with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I thought that was good in this as well. Like, when he falls off the, the cliff, I was like, oh, they fucking straight up kill this dude. But then he climbs back up and I was like, oh, okay. And then he gets back to the town. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is all going to, like, catch up with him yeah. eventually. And I thought that was that was nice. I thought it was nice that um, Balto didn't have to fight, like didn't fight it was it feels like a quite a nice film that you could like show kids that has a bunch of like i don't know healthy and uh, or some nice ideals to instill yes. in, in a kid you know like not not changing who you are you know in the face of of someone really fucking pushing your buttons you know as best you can like obviously you know, kids are gonna gonna grow <laughs> up and there are gonna be situations where that's just not an option yeah or, or where you know they might succumb to telling someone to get fucked or throwing a punch or whatever yeah but until then it's nice to have these like little ideals to go like you know here's something to strive for yeah for sure and i think it d- does I do a very nice. good job of um passing like i think it's effective because it does pass those uh morals on to the kids of you know hey it's not nice to dec- discriminate against people because they're different yeah hey, maybe yeah yeah them being well, different that, that is person, an advantage or a strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That person who you, you think is weird might have you know something to them, or you know might be you know really warm in some way or whatever. You know. Mm, yeah, I think I definitely got that as a kid. That it was so subconscious that then when that shit happens, you're like, of course that's not right. 
Like yeah, I, I learned yeah. that, like that's so obvious to me because I learned it from my cartoon as I gr- from growing <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. This feels like it would have been uh, a good vehicle for that. I think if I'd watched this as a kid, if I'd, hey, if I'd not been so close-minded and just watched a fucking dog cartoon. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> maybe I wouldn't be such a cut. No, um, I, I, I got this from other movies. Yeah, for sure. But but I would have I would have gotten a lot out of this as a kid. And it's not only just uh, oh you know it's good to to be who you are. It's teaching like he he begins the film very much ashamed of the the part of him that's the wolf. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, it's, yeah. it's it works really nicely thematically as a, as a story that as it goes on the growth that he needs to take is you know he wants to it's more it's that classic screenwriter uh, kind of. Uh, template of oh your character should like want something but that's not mm. the thing that they actually need and so yeah. like the beginning yeah, of the story yeah, yeah. Bolto wants to be like the other dogs and yeah be, he wants to just be fit accepted in. for that and wants to fit in there and so he's ashamed of the wolf side and he doesn't want to embrace that he wants to you know not act like he's part wolf but then yep. once he he learns throughout the the journey that oh no what you need to do is embrace the wolf part because mm. those are the the tools that you have that is m- like more than the other people have, and that's yeah, the stuff yeah. that can that can you, that's where you can succeed where other people fail. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And that's kind of why I dislike the humor. The more uh, like as I've gotten older and rewatched it, that this movie has the dramatic qualities of the like the tone that it sets with the music. Yep. When it's being like serious, really cool. I really, really yeah. dig that stuff. Yeah, you think this movie has enough to offer without the goofy bullshit? Yeah, and I think that the goofy bullshit is a detriment to that. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a Disney film, it. so it doesn't have musical numbers. So it's already yeah. got a slightly more serious bent going for it there. Yeah, and sure. if they so didn't have those away. goofy things, like I think, I think Luck and Mark and Boris are a good enough comedic relief that you don't need yeah. all of that shit. You yeah, can still yeah, have some sure. funniness. It doesn't need to be this completely dour and serious affair. Yeah, yeah. But th- there's kind of the two main themes. There's like the very uh, like upbeat, adventurous, inspirational sounding piece of music. And then there's also like the very, the tortured dour kind of, the, the Batman kind of, <laughs> I am the night kind of piece of music. Uh, at the beginning, when he's walking back to their, their boat that they hang out at and he sees yeah. the pack of wolves... And they look to him and like howl for him to like in response, and he like turns away from them. It's like, oh, that was a really cool like moment. Hey, not the dog, not the wolf. All he knows is what he is not. If only he could see what he is. Yeah, and then that like builds up, and I think like the payoff eventually is really good, and it it. Like doesn't really fumble it, and it takes its time to get there. Like uh, when Boris says to him, "Like, oh, a dog can't make this journey alone, but maybe a wolf can." And then when like that comes back, when he's fallen off of the big fucking cliff in the snow, and he wakes up, and there's like the white wolf looking at him. Yeah. Mm. And howls at him again, and you're like, "This is fucking epic!" Like I get, I get people bumps. <laughs> When I when I watch that <laughs> watch that part because it's so like epic and dramatic and cool, and he looks back up that cliff and you hear that line from Bob Hoskins again. And you're like, oh, dude, like it gives you chills. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Let me tell you something, Bolto. A dog cannot make this journey alone, but maybe. Wolf can. Yeah, it is solid. Yeah, and I really like the uh, Jenna using the 
lantern and the bottles as like the the beacon to light the way home and stuff as well. It's it's nice that both of those characters, like both of those characters, have a bit of an arc or like learn something yeah, from the for other. sure. Uh, or learn something from you know their friends and shit. It's it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And she she comes and and helps like just when they when you know when they're at their lowest and she actually mm. you know she does stuff. She interacts with the group and she grows as well. And there's like you know there's a nice dynamic between everyone. Yeah, that that scene with the uh, the bear is very very cool. That's a really cool big yeah, like, that's a great, great piece. sequence. Yeah, and yeah. The the way that the bear is animated is really cool. It's interesting, though, like how I was saying that the the humans are kind of animated slightly more, uh, you know, just uh, like generic compared to the others. Yeah, and then the the main characters have like a classic kind of Disney face of big eyes, expressive faces. The wolves don't talk. It's like uh-huh. the dogs can talk, but wolves only howl for some reason. Like that's a like that's a different language or something. Yeah, in some sure. way, shape, or form. And it's the same with the bear. The bear isn't like another talking animal it's a monster yeah. and it's yeah, yeah and it's just like this black shape and like yeah. it doesn't have all of these defining qualities it's like a huge shape with a couple of like different like little bits of highlights on the mm. on the edges yeah and these like glowing fucking golden like yellow eyes yeah, yellow yeah. eyes it doesn't have any of that expressive quality to it yeah and then by the, the and then the wolf that he comes across in the snow is like pure white with like blue eyes I think. Yeah it's, yeah. it's cool. It's like the it, they it gives both of those creatures this kind of like mythic quality adds to yeah. this that that hero's journey kind of sense, you know. Mm. Incredibly so with with that wolf. Uh, even yeah. like um he like you know he puts his paw print in it and he yeah, sees that yeah. it like sh- fits the same shape. I got yeah. like little bit of a reminder of Lion King there as well. It's not the same thing at all uh, because in the Lion King, it's Simba putting his paw print in Mufasa's paw print and seeing like mm. how much smaller it is. Yeah, sure. Where this is a different thing, but it's 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 cool that it's like, oh, no, I put my paw print there and it fits. Like I belong, you know, that that's like a puzzle piece that I fit into. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's it's just the notion that, oh, I belong somewhere or I'm not a freak. I'm not alone, mm. which is is really nice. Um, and then, yeah, the whole that whole bear sequence when they get to the ice as well is really impressive. Noticed the the reflection, like the animated reflections on the ice, is really a really neat detail. And then also yeah, when it all cracks up and it starts like flipping and shit, that's yeah. really that's really well done as well and really yeah, really cool and dramatic. And you know, it it feels like there's danger there and the stakes there. Mm. Muck and Luck get to have their moment of you know you know caring for their friend so much they leap in and swim without even realizing. Until, you know, Boris <laughs> points it out afterwards. You guys ought to learn how to swim someday. You'd be very good at it. <laughs> yes, well, of course we were. We were in the water. We were moving. We got wet, didn't we? We Luck. We were swimming. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you love a British accent for a polar bear. It's great. It just fits. Yeah, f- from Phil Collins, no less. The same way that, you know... Yeah, get get yourself a Russian goose. Yeah, like this really British polar bear. Get yourself a Russian goose and a, a the guy from Genesis. And boy, <laughs> howdy, you got yourself a wacky cartoon animal. Certainly I don't do. Know. <laughs> Fucking who knows? And Muck and Luck are animated interesting as well. They've got that the, like their fur quality. Yeah, well, I was gonna say like the animation for all the animals and and like the way they're drawn and stuff. It has a, a look that's kind of distinct from Disney in in my eyes, and it, it, I, I associate it with more with the Don Bluth kind of look, where it's like uh, it feels like you can kind of see, especially with the polar bears, the, like the sketch, like the, the etching, yeah, yes, the kind of sketch underneath. quality. Yeah, it looks like they kept that because they're such like just like it's just a white shape. We want yeah. to give it a little bit more like body to it, so you've got mm. those sort of like those lines up and down the back and across. With well, wise to give it that the, sense yeah, of shape it, and it movement sells, to it. it. It kind of sells the distinction of their fur as opposed to the dog's fur and, and the, the bear's fur and stuff as well. Um, like the bear has like the kind of orange highlights and blue highlights from like the, the, the sun mm. uh, shining on it and the um, the shadows and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really cool that they find ways to distinguish and even like Boris's feathers have a, a similar or like a, a slightly different look and feel to them mm. yeah it's very, yeah that's very that's, nice. that's something i really really liked is is that kind of sketchy quality it's a cool journey that he takes it like to the sled dog team with the the serum has 
they've fucked up, lost their way because Steel is this arrogant fucker that just goes like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, even though they're yeah. in a blizzard, they don't know where they're going. So like, that's his fault uh, and flaw. Balto before, um, like he, he's clever, he's smart. Like when we get to see that when he's running the race, he takes the shortcut to catch back up and then yeah, again he's when he's resourceful yeah there's this resourcefulness where it's like oh he's marking the trail so he knows how to get back that's cool mm. resourceful but then when when he does when steel does fall off the edge and he's like okay i'm the i'm the man now dog um and jumps on the sled team uh he starts falling into that kind of arrogant uh like mistakes the same as steel yeah. where steel's f- like he's it's steel's fault like he's fucked him up and gone like oh if I can't be the hero, no one can, and just spitefully yeah. like scratched every single fucking tree in the forest. Yeah. But again, it's it's not quite that moment that Bolto understands yet, where he goes like, "Oh no, I need to rely on my wolf tendencies." He yeah. just sort of reverts yeah. to like, "No, no, pigheadedness. I'll, I'll sort us out. Let's just fucking run really hard." And he still takes yeah, it in I'm, circles. I'm, yeah, he's going like, "I'm going to be the best dog." Yeah, and it's like, "No, no, no, you're not a or like you, you kind of are, but you kind of not. Like you're you. Use yeah. your." Yeah, your abilities. Mm. But then it's only after, you know, he makes that mistake and then they fall off the, he falls off the cliff with the medicine, Mm. which is the one part where I'm like, there's a little bit, like it had, like that crate has a little bit of rough and tumbles, but that fucking crate fell like a hundred feet down a cliff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's wild that (laughs) it's still okay at the bottom. Yeah, when he wakes up and it's fine, I was like, bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) A, a white wolf with blue piercing pale eyes <laughs> broke its fall. <laughs> but then that's the moment where uh, he has the moment with the wolf, incredibly mythic, like you said, very, very cool, maybe like one of my favourite parts in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's cl- He climbs back up the cliff and the other dogs are, are starting to recognise as well, like, oh, look at his paws, like... Those big wolf paws that sh- like they they highlight that with the just with the animation that he's got the grip yeah, to be able asset. to make it up with that. Yeah. And then he starts to believe a bit more in himself being a wolf and trusting, mm. you know, the scent and all that shit. Or oh, another little gag that I kind of just bugged me, the like, you know, it, it rubbed me the wrong way was the little E.T. <laughs> reference. I was gonna say the I'm E.T. Like, thing. It's just like, it's that thing again where it's like, if you don't know what that is, you're just like, wait, what was that? What was the point of that? And you're like, well, Steven Spielberg, this, uh, this uh, studio. Um, I think you'll find this <laughs> Amblin, yeah. I thought, look, as far as like those sorts of references or things in kids' movies can go, it, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like the gargoyles in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Like it wasn't no, really not, on not the nose. Quite. It wasn't like modern pop culture references to, no. to that extent, like it no, was it's a, not to that extent. It's the sort of thing that if you don't know ET, that that won't be lost on you. I think just the the dog doing a funny face through the ice is is enough. Mm, you know, kind you, of. You I get, think you get it. I think it works. It works as a standalone gag. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's probably coming from my me seeing that potential in it of like, I'm like, this is so cool, and I yeah, feel sure. like it just it, could it, be it that cool, like that another, slight- like. Like, just take that one second thing out and it would just enhance the coolness quality. Yeah, so it, it stands out to you as, like, a, another example of, like, why this movie falls just short. Yeah, just short. Yeah, that's, sure. That's the problem. Because then, like, talk about if the comedy doesn't respect the, like, you know, the intelligence of the audience, uh, I think the the fucking, there's some dark moments that do. The, the image of the man who at the beginning made the sled for Rosie is fucking oh, making, making a, a coffin. coffin. These child sized coffins. It's like, yeah, damn, dude. they're not, they're not, you know, they're not holding punches back. Nah. Like, this is a movie about these kids, like, potentially dying. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. they don't show it, but, like, you know, maybe some of the kids did die while waiting and Rosie just happened to not die. Yeah. And I mean, you know? one bottle broke on the ice of that diphtheria medicine, that, that tonic. There was a lot Who there, knows? though. Hopefully, you know, you Maybe assume went, you know. <laughs> that's heaps. I don't think that they're, like, injecting, like, an entire bottle into every child because that's, that's no, a bit much. They're chugging it. <laughs> as far as these sorts of, like, kids' movie uh, parable kind of stories go, this is really solid. I think I, I uh, a little more of this and a little less 
we're back a dinosaur story maybe would have done me good <laughs> you know like as, as far as as uh, the three amblimation films go and i think i do really like like talking about it with you and i think you kind of highlighting the um i guess the the ideals or the the morals kind of that this movie is trying to instill in kids of like i trust trust your instincts and you know and and learning to accept yourself for for all it for all your you know, your quirks and and flaws and and stuff like that and seeing the uh and urging kids to kind of err on the side of kindness and and giving people the benefit of the doubt and letting people surprise you and seeing the weird you know quirks and idiosyncrasies in a in a in a positive light you know seeing the good in in those things uh is really cool um I think. It's not an uncommon theme in these kids' movies. I no. think it's done really well here. Uh, thinking out loud, I, I kind of wish, and I don't know if there are other movies that do this or that it would even be appropriate to try and handle this sort of message the way I'm about to describe. But, like, <laughs> I wish that I, I wish that these these sorts of movies, they, they kind of have to be neat. They kind of have to end with, like, a happily ever after thing. But that's, I, I feel, a little dishonest to kids and and I don't know if you would fucking warp their minds if you were like hey life ain't like that but I think maybe an indication that to accept oneself is a lifelong pursuit and that you don't just go oh wait you know it, it doesn't matter that I'm short or that I you know <laughs> that I'm half this half that like you know yeah like it's not something that you you hit on and go oh I'm I'm cured of all anxieties. I'm fixed. Like, I'm whole now. I'm fixed. Yeah, I'm whole. Exactly. Now I'll be an honourable man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, and I, yeah, I don't know if there are movies that do that better. That that kind of leave that idea not not open ended, but hint at the fact that there's like still work to be done. Is, or yeah, it's that, the that beginning it's, of it's, the work. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That again, it's a lifelong pursuit. You know. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. I think. Like I, yeah, I think there could be a way of doing it in a in a kids movie that doesn't completely fucking warp their minds or or, or wreck them, <laughs> make them fucking embittered, despondent. But I can't think of I can't think of any that, that yeah. come close or even attempt that. No, and I don't know. Maybe that's uh, that that would be. I mean, that would certainly be another way, if not a new way, of respecting uh, your audience's intelligence, even if they are children. For know? sure, I think maybe that's something that. You know, maybe would have been hard to do then, but I think now is definitely uh, a good headspace that people are in, where the idea of you know mental health and and that sort mm. of stuff is a lot more prevalent, and a lot more people being open and talking about it, and you know talking yeah, about burnout yeah. and talking about those kind of things. So I think that yeah, maybe kids growing up today are much more open to those ideas of, you know, not having a stigma about therapy and things like that mm. where, you know, people say like, oh, you know, you wouldn't, you, you get your car serviced, you don't only go to the to the mechanic when your car breaks down, you get it serviced so it keeps running and it's like that's yeah. what mental health and, you know, seeing a psychologist might be or getting yeah, therapy yeah, might yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been such a stigma for the longest time that it, it's it means like, oh, if I have to get therapy, that means like there is something wrong with me or that there is something not right. Yeah, true. And I mean, I like guess it can be a, a, a maintaining thing, or a, you know. I think you're probably right in saying that you know you could do something like that better now. Like this movie was made in 1995 by adults who who when they were children, their their uh, their children's entertainment probably didn't say like, "Hey, you're all right." You know, the way you are, it was probably like you know, fit in or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. They, like they were probably, probably uh, as adults trying to impart something that they never. Yeah, yeah. I think they were learned. probably trying to be as as helpful as they possibly could with with what they were with everything that had formed their psyches <laughs> at that point. You know. Yeah, like it might seem like broad strokes today to be like, oh, this movie is basically telling kids like, hey, don't be racist to people. But <laughs> that might have been in- incredibly progressive for the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They uh, they didn't have Zootopia, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. but yeah, as far as you know, movies wrapping up neatly and stuff. I do I do really like how the movie wraps up. I like the fact that Steel does survive and get back to the town. Mm. It gives like good opportunities for for Jenna to call him out on his bullshit. She's seen him lie uh, before with Balto. Yeah, and yeah. frame him. 
so she she she's wise now and she catches on and she's like no no you're you're full of shit you might be fooling the rest of these people but you're this is horse manure yeah and and like the rest of the town catches on and then he's the outcast and that's kind of the more appropriate punishment if you're writing something that's like a parable for kids it's like yes hey, exactly don't fucking lie you can't it's- be like don't lie or you'll fall off a cliff and fucking die <laughs> and never be heard from again yeah no it's exactly. more accurate it's to be like, like hey don't lie don't be a bullshit artist because you'll end up a, a, a social pariah yeah he sees the consequence of his actions it's not yeah, just the like yeah. hey look you know be nice and be good to people and be true to yourself and you know yeah, people yeah. will herald you a hero it's also like don't be fucking vain and arrogant and, you know, self-absorbed yeah. to a fault like he is. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a nice, like, you know, mirror of, of those two characters. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, and then yeah, it is, it's, really neat. It, it's really sweet that Bolto does get to have that that moment where the, even the humans, even the faceless humans that weren't emotive yeah, are all cheering all for him and happy for him and shit. Cheering and going wah, 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 wah. Yeah, <laughs> it's really nice. Uh, but then Rosie especially uh, appreciates it and... I wasn't. Oh, I do. I do like the bit where they're all like, "Good dog," and giving him pats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't super sold on the live action. I wasn't sure how to feel about it, even this uh, watching of it with the opening yeah. bit. And I'm just like, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit like corny, and you know, could we have just started without it or whatever? But then yeah. the bit at the end where they do find the statue, and it's like, oh shit! I guess there's a fucking there's a statue of Bolto in Central Park for realsies. Yeah, um, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. That's that cool, cool to know. But then it, it's nice. Where you get the little, again, respecting the audience a little bit, it's subtle. When we see her as a kid, when she wakes up from the diphtheria and she yeah, says, yeah. I would have been lo- uh, like, uh, I'd be lost without you. Then when she fucking says it as the the thing, you're like, oh, that's the line. And then the, yeah. the, the, the grandchild calls out for Grandma Rosie and you're like, she's the girl. Like, Oh, dude, I knew it was her like immediately. I know, but it's a nice little... Um, you know, sure, little kids, magical yeah, sorry, sure. moment for I the kids. I can't be like, oh, I fucking picked that in two minutes, you dumb shit. It's a fucking kids film. Yeah. You call that sorry. a twist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah, it's heavily hinted at. The fact that, you know, her granddaughter has the, the like, the little, the, the musher hat the same yeah. way that she did yeah, when yeah, she was yeah, a kid yeah. and all yeah. that shit. But no, it's, it's a nice, you know, little wrap up into a package. Yeah, just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that Without, wasn't, yeah. That wasn't yeah, too heavy handed. Being... It's nice. Yeah, without being like, that little girl was me. (laughs) (laughs) Winona Ryder in old woman makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Anyway. But yeah, no, like uh, I I still very much get a lot out of it. I think I get get more out of it in in different ways than I did when I was a kid. Mm. So like I'll definitely come back to it again every once in a while when I need to be reminded not to discriminate against people. For being different, <laughs> when it, when That's those good. thoughts start creeping in, this is this is the parable <laughs> those intrusive to, thoughts to be reminded. Yeah, yeah. No, I, need no, Bolto. No. I need Bolto. Don't Someone wanna... cuts you off in traffic, and you're like, "Remember Bolto." <laughs> you don't want to fall off a cliff and die, do you? Remember Bolto. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this. I think it's definitely one. It's it's absolutely a movie I would gladly watch with like. Uh, a, a, a nephew or niece or you know yeah, younger yeah. sibling or or some shit. There are far worse examples of children's entertainment, especially from this era, uh, with and, far and less to this, offer. Uh, studio and from this studio <laughs> with far far less to offer. Yeah, awesome. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us, we always say word of mouth is is the greatest, strongest thing you can do for us. Just uh, you know. Drop it randomly to your friends. Hey, did you know that you know Balto was this this dog that yeah fucking saved all these kids from diphtheria? And they'll be like, Send no, tell me more. Podcast to your racist friends. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. If you have some and friends, maybe make them that need Balto to remember Balto. Well. <laughs> you pass them this podcast. <laughs> They're like, man, that dog's part wolf, and he's like, oh, I've got a, I've got a lesson to teach you, dude. Like, oh god. If you want to support the podcast monetarily, we also have the Patreon, of course, patreon.com forward slash Rose Tinted Review, where for as little as $3 Australian, $3 dues a month, Mm -hmm. you get access uh, to the supporter tier where you get the full series of our Beer Goggle Banter audio commentary and supercut tracks. And at the producer tier, you get access to our new monthly 
catch-up podcast, The Blind Spot, where we endeavour to fill in our viewing blind spots with cult classic modern marvels and new releases. Yeah, and both tiers will get you access to our Afterthought series, little mini-sodes. That's true. Where we uh, talk on little little points that maybe we've forgotten to bring up during an episode or or had thoughts on after an episode. Yes. Uh, or maybe we thoughts. We to mention those. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We had a good one on uh, it's coming out very soon, the Boondock Saints one, because there was a th- thoughts we had after s- watching the sequel. Uh, so very, yeah, very yeah. different viewpoint there. Um, or they're just little things that like didn't quite like fit in the episode. Uh, yeah. Like it was a little bit too off topic, but, you know, why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's, um, you know, they're building up as well. Like soon there's going to be like an hour's worth of, you know, little bonus Sound clip you content. Can, you can pay ten dollars, listen to all the shit on there within the first month, and, and then, then unsubscribe. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, that's that's how to that's how to game the system. Who are <laughs> we to say that you're not allowed to do that? You know, of course, all of our social links are in the description below, so you can uh, you can hit us up and you can answer our question of the episode. If you um, had a goose sidekick, what what uh, what? Uh, European nationality funny accent would he have <laughs> I was going to say who would you get to voice him <laughs> both it can be yes yeah and, okay and right. who would you get to voice them <laughs> I would not want a celebrity I would want I, I recently found this uh, movie reviews channel um, with this dude's voice that I just find fucking delightful what's his name give me a sec let me find it um <laughs> Blaze the movie fan. He he opens up all of his videos with "Hello guys" and it just fucking <laughs> rocks my world. <laughs> Hearing him talk about Hereditary made me laugh so fucking hard. Uh, That's amazing. I, would, I, didn't, I would want him. I wasn't expecting you to have something on hand <laughs> for, for such a funny question. Well, life's Excellent. funny like that. Wonderful. Next week, Connor. What are you feeling nostalgic for? All right, bouncing off of this, I want to pick up a another film, at, at least uh, at first glance, uh, aimed at children or a younger audience that may or may not have as much to offer as Bolto. Who knows? We'll find out next week. I want to hit up 2009's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, excellent. Yeah. That's a... That's a- one that I'm very fond of too. Yeah, I, I want to keep it keep it lighthearted. I was I was I had another suggestion of where to take this after this, but it was decidedly more grim. We've had enough dark men for a while. <laughs> have yeah, a, have we'll, a little uh, bit of light. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep things keep things fairly jovial. Mm, dark men wouldn't do very well in Alaska, I believe. That's one of those places where they have like no nighttime for huge chunks of time. Oh, he would just get lost. Where it's just like here's a month without nighttime. And he's like, but that's more than 99 minutes. <laughs> well, excellent. I am I'm keen as for that. And if you're keen too, we always recommend uh, watching the movie uh, before the episode like a book club so that you get the full amount of context of what we're jabbering about. So join us then when we will find out whether our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. Someone wants to see you. Thank you. Such a wonderful. Baldo. I'd be lost without you.